We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Football season's over. It means it's time to talk fantasy baseball. All coming up next on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Happy Sunday evening, everybody. Welcome to the Worldwide Fantasy Baseball Podcast, sponsored by Fantrax, the most customizable free commissioner service in fantasy sports, and also by Underdog Fantasy, home of the biggest best ball contest in the industry. It is Sunday night. I am Scott Jensen. Join us always on Sunday nights by Jeff Erickson. Uh, Jeff, uh, how are you? We got uh, football's done, right? Football's done, although I'm doing a uh, 2023 mock. Or No, it's a you best ball. Are, you, are, you are not. On air tomorrow right wow. after our show. Um, hey, football never ends. The grind never ends no matter what sport we do. The yeah. grind. Come on. Like we're working in a salt mill or something. Come on. Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, hey, it, it never ends, but that's fine. It is focuses on college hoops. I mean, in baseball. Uh, right now, uh, did anything happen in college hoops today? I didn't see anything happened. We haven't seen it on sports really yet, good... so it hasn't. It's not official. But did any uh, really top teams lose or anything like that? Uh, I, I'd like to prefer to think that uh, another team dressed in uh, all black today actually won, and that was beautiful. And uh, yes, Northwestern beat Purdue. We had a first time we've ever beaten the AP number one team in the country. Wow. We were zero and nineteen prior to that, so I think it's our biggest win, single game win ever. I mean, you know, maybe not the most meaningful. But the biggest still single game win. It was it was amazing. The the, the fan base is going nuts this year. Was Detroit. it a home game or at Purdue? Home game, court storm, so court, blackout court uh, with the shirts and everything. Uh, That's we, awesome. And you know the thing is, we, we typically have terrible attendance, but this year the students have gone nuts. Even well before, like very early, when there wasn't as much reason to have faith, and to the point where they had to create more seats for the students. Um, and they, nice. they all the all the student section game uh, tickets are always sold out. Um, you know we can't do much about the other sections. Uh, other po- opposing Big Ten fan bases can invade a little bit, but it's getting yeah. better and better. It was a national advantage today, and that was that was pretty cool. That's so, awesome because in college college basketball, that actually makes a difference. I oh, I miss, yeah. the, I miss yeah. the days when Stanford had a home court advantage. They do not anymore. Although they beat Arizona this week, I was just gonna say big win, yeah. beat number yeah. four Arizona. They used to have a we used to have a really good home court advantage when I used to go to games and be a season ticket holder back in the day, but uh, it's just kind of gone away now that they're they're mm-hmm. not very good. But uh, Todd Lickey and, is shaking his head and shame and just dismay. That's a great name drop because I love Todd Lickey. I love that dude. He was uh, the car the car crash he got into kind of ruined his pro career was a bummer because I thought he was I thought he was gonna be a decent uh, decent NBA player too. So yeah. 
Anyway, uh, nobody's probably here to listen to us talk about college basketball as much as I'd love to talk about 80s college basketball because it was great. But uh, we're here to talk some baseball. Uh, this is definitely the, the day where, you know, baseball season starts, at least in my mind. You know, football's done. Uh, Super Bowl's over tonight. Uh, we got uh, we got fantasy drafts. There. There's a lot of drafts going on. Are you drafting anywhere yet? Uh, I have done – I've done uh, two NFBC 50s. I did the Arizona uh, Fall League Speakers D.C., I did one of the guillotine leagues. Um, Have you, you're not, not currently not going to DCs or anything like that, no, right? Oh, let's say that again. You're not doing a DCs at the moment? I am not, but I, I do have the FSGA or, yeah, FSGA draft this uh, on Wednesday and Thursday in Vegas. All right. Um, and then oh, labor right. is a Vegas. week from Tuesday. So it's picking up. I got to ramp it up. And I, I think I'm going to try to do a beat Jeff Erickson on the 27th. I have to check one more thing on my schedule, but I think that's. I'm going to do the first of those. So it is starting to pick up a little bit now. It, uh, it definitely is. And uh, now that football's over, I'm going to be fully jumping in here too. So uh, I kind of want to today talk about, uh, you know, I talk about early starting pitchers and then late hitters. Kind of mix it up a little bit. We'll do uh, we'll do half starting pitchers in the top 150. Then we'll talk about hitters uh, after pick 250. I really like talking about later hitters. There's a lot of interesting names this year. Kind of mm-hmm. a mixture of like young guys who haven't panned out, some last year's bums, maybe some guys are going to break out this year. But uh, a few news and notes. Uh Yeah, made a trade, uh, Jeff. I don't know if you saw. A.J. Puck traded to uh, Miami for J.J. Blade, a a swap of uh, top 10 overall picks. Did you have any thoughts on this from a a fancy angle at all? It seems like uh, maybe Blade is going to play a bunch in Oakland, and a lot of Puck's uh, value might be on what role the the Marlins put him in. Seem like these two organizations like to trade with each other. They do. We just all all these studs that we have, we're just going to go ahead and give them the Marlins. Between him and uh, Puck, it was going to be a stud. Jesus Lazardo, it's just. uh, I, I looked at it, I'm like, oh, great, here's the A's again trading away. But I, I saw it, and Bleday was a fourth overall pick in 2019. He got some pop, but uh, uh, I don't know. I don't I don't know if A.J. Puck – I don't think A.J. Puck's ever going to be a starter. I think if you make him new a reliever, he could be really good. He was really good last year. Um, they were going to they were gonna stretch him out. I don't know uh, – have you heard if, if Miami's kind of talked about what they're going to do with him yet? I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, um, I neither. To me, this was like a trade my disappointment for yours uh, sort of deal there. And – Although, I don't know. Puck the was mo- really good last year. I know, just never healthy. That's never, but he threw 66 innings out of the pen. So like Did the, he throw 66? Yeah. yeah. 62 mean. appearances, 3-1-2-1-1-5 whip, uh, you know, strikeout rate 27%. Like, you would think that if if the Marlins just wanted to put him in the back of the bullpen, like, they don't have anybody there, right? Like, they conceivably, you know, we got Dylan Flora, we got a little Tanner Scott. They signed Matt, or they traded for Matt Barnes. Um, you know, Puck could find his way into that mix in the back of the bullpen pretty quickly if they wanted that to be his role. Right. Because I don't need him to start. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and I get where the A's were doing it. Like, we're going to see if, if one time he could be valuable for us as a starter. I don't think it was going to work. And I don't think the Marlins – I mean, I feel like the Marlins probably have too many starters at the moment, if anything. And let's face it. There are, there are jobs to be had in the, the A's outfield or anywhere in the lineup, really. Sure. Um, I, I – no offense. I, I made uh, a joke not, on Twitter n- the other day. Uh, like, I take. I was taking a look at the A's roster resource resource page. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. Oh, my Reds are like saying here. Hold my Bud Light or hold hold my whatever. But um, it's 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 so it's so bad. It's so sad. There's just and the funny thing. We went back and we were joking on Twitter back and forth. Like you were talking about how bad the Reds are, but like. The Reds don't have anybody fun or exciting to watch. The Reds no. have Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo. Like. That's 40% of the games. Like, I'm going to tune in this game and watch it. Like, the A's have none of that. There's not, like, a hitter, like, at least if they watch a Royals game, like, oh, Bobby Witt's coming up. 
I'm like, oh, great. Ramon Laureano's coming up, I guess. Uh, Jesus Aguilar's coming up. Like Ellie, Ellie De La Cruz is on the way. Um, that's another one, too. I mean, yeah. there, there's there's reasons to be excited. I mean, I, I mean, even like Tyler Stevenson has reason, you know, has, yeah. has, you know, there's there's reason to watch him. There's a reason to watch Jonathan India or just Joey Votto finishing his career. I mean, for sure. Yeah. The no offense, but the A's don't have that. They don't. They, that's, that's that's the worst part. Like, at least if you're going to be bad, give me something interesting, exciting. And they have no. I mean, they're they're a bottom five uh, farm system, and you see the rankings and stuff. It's just uh, it's like a hedge funds r- running your team, and they put like this. They they attach like this debt to it, the vehicle there, and strip mined it, and then they're, they're going to sell it off. I mean, it's just ugh, it's gross. It's, it, it's bad. I, I I am very thankful for fantasy baseball because I do not really want to watch the A's this year. Um, David Peralta signed with the uh, with the Dodgers. Uh, an interesting spot because we talked about. I think we talked last week about the Dodgers weren't quite as deep as they have been in years past. Maybe they need an extra bat in there. Um, Peralta's thirty five, so it's not like they're grabbing someone. But you know, a guy hits the ball pretty hard. Has been good in the past. Not super exciting, but it seems like he, um, you know. A probably plays a little bit. B makes it maybe a little complicated for other guys. Maybe the Dodgers platoon a little more than we thought. Yeah, yeah maybe so. Um, and you know, they're they're a tricky team to kind of pin down a little bit there. How much is Vargas going to play? How yeah. much is you know, you know, how, how much is uh, Gavin Lux going to stick at shortstop? Are we really buying that? You know, that that's another one that I'm telling you. Know, I don't know. Um, his arm looked pretty bad from second base. That's the thing that worries me a little bit about Lux uh, being at, at short. I know he's yeah. had some time there, so it should be okay. But, yeah, I, I do worry about that. But, yeah, they're going to do a lot of mixing and matching. Are they really going to buy into Trace Thompson playing a whole lot? Uh, the, it, it's a weird lineup. I mean, it, it, it's been a, it was a weird offseason for them that after spending so much in the past that they kind of sat on the sidelines for a good portion. I mean, okay, J.D. Martinez, but – that didn't really move the needle too much. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, they're still going to be good, but you're right. They didn't have that big splash. I think that uh, I think the big splash is about a year away, if uh, if you know what I mean in that regard. In the free agency, because I think they're I think Me they're waiting will. for a yep. I think they're waiting for a, a, a gigantic splash that's uh, coming up the freeway from from Anaheim for sure. Uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think Peralta really moves the needle here. Maybe uh, you know if you're in a DC, get a, a late guy that you can you know if the Dodgers are facing mm-hmm. three righties in a period, maybe you can use them that sort of thing. But uh, you know he's probably going to hit eighth, um, so you know not too exciting, not a ton of pop, no speed. So it's 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 a, it's a, it's more of a baseball move than a fantasy move. The only other note I wanted to bring up: uh, Freddie Peralta, uh, no relation to David Peralta, yeah. wanted to. Or there's uh, there was a note that. Uh, he wasn't going to pitch in the WBC, but uh, they have no injury concerns heading into spring training, which is a pretty good note. Um, you know, obviously we take a lot of spring training news with a grain of salt, but uh, how do you feel about uh, Freddie Peralta? This is someone that was a third round pick for us in drafts last year. Um, only pitched 78 innings last year. They were they were not as good as the 2021. He's still not bad. You know, the whip was really good. The ERA was a little bit higher than you wanted. Right. Um, but strikeout rate uh, crashed a little bit. He definitely wasn't the same guy. Uh, had some short outings in there. He's kind of frustrating if you if you if you picked him up. It's just there was not a lot of a uh, lot of times you're like, oh good, I'm feeling good about starting Peralta this week. How do you feel about him coming in 2023? So this news doesn't change. I, I I view this as a solid no change. Okay. Like, yeah, okay. I mean, it, it's the absence of good of bad news is fine. That's good. Right. But I, I I am not going to bump up his innings or anything like that. ADP is what 139 in the last month basically i feel like that incorporates the risk pretty well yeah i think so too a risk you want to take or you're not uh, not jumping in there quite yet 
Uh, a risk I'm willing to take on the lower end of his range, uh, like 25 other pitchers probably, but I'm not targeting him. I'm not avoiding him. How about that? Yeah, I really liked him last year. He's one of my favorite pitchers to watch, but uh, last year was yeah, last year was tough and frustrating. I'm uh, I'm not sure I'm quite back in yet at that price. I think he'd probably I think you have to slip a couple of rounds for me to uh, grab him. Yeah, that makes sense. And he he very well could. Yeah. I mean, pit, the the pitcher market is pretty fluid right now. Um, we haven't had the the four guys that you know report the spring training and oh, you're not going to be ready. I mean, yeah, TJ yeah. Antone's not going to be ready. Okay, that's that's the one we've gotten basically so right. far. Um, there will be some speaking, when speaking of not really moving the needle very much. Yeah. Yeah. Pipe down. Um, it, the attrition rate is going to get there though. At some point, yeah. we're going to lose a couple of starters. We're going to lose a couple of closers. And then once that happens, okay, now we'll see what sort of things happen. Plus we haven't come close to a main event, let alone, you know, you know, and that, that's where we get the aces inflation. Right. Uh, that's a that's a good segue because I want to I wanted to start out tonight with talking about some starting pitchers and kind of look at guys in the first ten rounds of a, of a fifteen teamer you know uh, a little bit long, later than that in a twelve teamer maybe there's twelve thirteen rounds but the top one fifty um, do you have any sort of general starting pitcher pool thoughts have you like thought about uh, you know I want a certain amount of guys in the first five rounds I want a top guy have you thought about uh, how you feel about the general pitcher pool so far this year um I, I i so far i think everybody's waiting more than they have in the past yeah, it's interesting um you know vlad was writing the other day our friend vlad settler from uh, ftn i uh, was talking about how he's starting to see burns creep up a little bit you look in the last month he has a min, he does have a min pick of six so it's happened but still adp is at 16 and he's the first starter going uh cole's got a range of six to 40 and you never see that with garrett cole <laughs> i think that that 40 is like the are you outlier. Are you, do you have cut lines in your, where you're looking? Uh, I did, you know, I just did, I didn't, I should probably remove cut lines. Yeah. I, I did mine with draft champions to try to avoid the cut line just because the pitchers That's go smart. so much, so much later there that I think that you may get some, some freaky outliers from the cut lines. I'm going to do it with the online championship. Yeah. That, that works. Wire branded outline champion. Cause I'm company man. Unlike you, Scott. No, I, uh, there you go. Well, you know, one of us has to be, so that's good. Uh, pipe down again, uh, pipe down Jeff. Okay. On that one. Uh, but, no, uh, yeah. I, I do take the cut line out just cause the scoring is so much yeah. different and, and people wait on pitchers and closers, especially nine but. to 24 for Cole on the online championship. Yeah. Although ironically, uh, if you just do the with it, maybe it's because it's a 12 teamer uh, and it's only 16 leagues. Uh, he, he's ADP is 21. Cole is uh, as opposed to 19 in all drafts. So I, I think maybe it's the draft champions. Maybe there it gets pushed up a little bit more, yeah. but uh, you know, it, it is interesting. But point being is, and, and in a 15 team main event league, you'll see two or three aces probably go in the first round. Yeah. You know, I'm not counting Shohei either because uh, I right. think almost everybody that drafts him that early is going to use him as a, a hitter, what, 85 to 90% of the time? Yeah, I mean, if he gets a two-start week, that's an easy one, but maybe he gets one or two of those all year with the way they and use it's their... not even easy, you yeah. know, because that means you're missing seven games of hitting. If yeah. I think I, I think for two starts, I'd probably be pretty quick to do I guess the only other weeks is like the that first week is uh, when it's a half week. Those half weeks, maybe you get, uh, you know... Yeah. It's uh, one starts better than three games of offense, but you know, he, he starts in those half games, all-star week, but you're right. It's about, you know, 80, 85 to 90% of the time you're, th- you're throwing him in there on offense, unless you're, you got some extreme stuff late in the season, you, you're bad in pitching or something, but yeah, it's wild. Cause I mean, we're so used to pitchers getting pushed up. If you, do you think that Jacob DeGrom is like a, a end of the first rounder guy in the main event? If he looks good in spring, like how, um, you know, how much do you think he could rock it up there? Uh, if he, if he, you know, he's throwing 97 in the spring, although, he was doing that last year too. 
How much he could or how much I will are completely two different questions. I guess the answer is how much will he? I mean, in the online championship, he's at 24 already. So that's the end yeah. of the second round of 12. Uh, DC's, let's see, uh, it's probably a little lower there, but yeah, yeah, not 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 too much lower. No, it is a little lower, 26. So yeah, yeah. I'd actually yeah, rather, I'd rather take him in. A, I'd rather take him in a Fab League than a DC League, to be honest, too. Yeah, I would too. I, I, I I'm not comfortable taking him in the first round. I uh, I'm definitely main, not taking my main. in the first round. I uh, have to be. Uh, I don't think I'm gonna take Degrom. I was gonna say I'm gonna struggle yeah. to take him in the second round too yeah. in the main. Um, and, if, and if you're taking him in the second round, you're not getting him. So right. Right, I agree. And the theory is always like, oh, well, he look, he's going to look good in spring and all that. But he looked good in spring last year. Like, he was throwing – Oh, he, he moved first way overall. up. Remember, yeah. we did – like, there was a th- – you know, the, that weekend – remember, it was the, – the scheduling was different. Our Vegas weekend was early in the main event draft yeah, season. because the season got pushed back to – Because of the lockout. Lockout, so, yeah. But there was, like, a Thursday night draft, I think, when we when we went up there. Yep. And he went – he was the 1.1 in a draft. And yep. I think we got maybe some bad news on Friday or – Saturday, I know. think it was after the Saturdays because I know he went like five and six on those Saturdays, but then by the next weekend he was like, it, "We got bad news." So it was in between, yeah, the, the the two main event weekends. There was bad news in between there, right? And we're gonna have a quote unquote normal spring, not completely normal spring because of the WBC, and I don't think we talked right. about that enough. Yeah, um, but although although I looked up, at the I looked at the American uh, pitching staff, and it, uh, it there's not a lot there's not a lot of aces on that staff. It's not Degrom, no, no. Uh, and there's no way he'd ever pitch in that, and no. that's a, that's the thing, like. You know, look at the Dominican Republic's lineup. Dude, by that, the way, that team is awesome. Oh, awesome. I can't wait to watch them. Yeah, I mean, it's just that team nuts. is awesome. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and I, I tend to think this is a typical problem where other countries probably have better representation. But pitchers, it's it's kind of like the Arizona Fall League. Uh, you yeah. see a lot more hitting prospects go there than you do pitching prospects, and it makes sense. Teams are protecting uh, their pitchers there, and so when you mention Peralta not going, it makes sense. Yeah, and the American hitting, hitting is like all all star. I mean, it's almost all really good players. But then you look at the pitchers: like Jason Adams on the team, Daniel Bard. Um, it's not a lot of Kendall Grayman. I'm looking at the lineup right now. I guess Kershaw is on there. I don't know if I want him pitching. How would that Kershaw? Wow, that's a name. That's a name I did not expect. I mean, like Ottavino's on there. I mean, it's just a bunch of. I mean, Adam Wainwright's one of the starters. It, Brady Kershaw. Singer, I mean, Kershaw's great. Don't get me wrong. I just didn't think the Dodgers would be on board with that. I guess they're I, at a point where they're like, it's a one year deal. Okay, fine. I was Take still a look at surprised. Jason Adam, by the way, though. 75 strikeouts in 63 innings, 0.76 whip last year. He's good. Yeah. He's really good. At least he was last year. Ray's magic again, by the way. God, he was. He was. I knew he was good last year. He's a lot better than even I thought he was. So, yeah. yeah. It's just – but they, in terms of starting pitchers, you got right. Nestor Cortez and, and you got Kershaw. Lance Lynn, I guess, is on the roster. Miles Michaelis. But, yeah, it's not – when you look at the pitchers compared to the hitters, it's very clear that – um, hitters are more willing to to do this in the spring, which right. makes a lot of makes a lot of sense. I mean, yeah, there is a difference between spring training outings and WBC yeah. outings in terms of the stress you put on uh, on the pitcher. There, I mean, yeah, I, they're going to be on some pretty strict pitch counts. I got to imagine, yeah. uh, but nonetheless, and you, you're not going to be like working on a different changeup in the WBC. You're not going right. to be like kind of you know getting that. Now, question. Is the WBC going to be playing by the new rules that MLB is implementing in terms of like the shift, in terms of uh, throwing runners on pitch clock and all that stuff? Really good question. I do not know the answer to. Uh, I I think spring training is going to be interesting to watch teams adjust to that, especially the defensive positioning. I think you're going to see some pretty funky outfield alignments uh, just to see if it works. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm looking at the um, 
All WCDBC tournament games shall be played according to the provisions of the 2022 official baseball rules. Well, there you go. So now you can shift like crazy. But- yeah, it looks like uh, – yeah, it says the baseball rules, uh, pitcher timer, base sizes, and restrictions on defense position not adopted for tournament games. So there you go. Yeah. But uh, so cool. So let's jump into some starting pitchers. Uh, there's some names oh. I wanted to uh, I wanted to throw at you. See how you feel about the, you know these guys. These are guys that are going early. These guys are playing. You're printing really premium picks on. And uh, the first one I wanted to uh, run by you is a uh, is Sandy Alcantara, the Cy Young winner in the National League last year. Obviously a huge 2022, uh, 2.28 ERA, 0.98 WHIP, and 228 innings. That that inning number is huge. We do not see. Many right. guys throwing 222, 230 innings uh, anymore these days. But, uh, you know, the K rate dropped a little bit. And as you you hear people talk about uh, him, that's always the issue. He's not an elite strikeout guy, although when you throw that many innings, the, the mass of strikeouts does get there. Uh, walk rate dropped a bit. That's a good thing. Uh, huge ground ball guy. So, you know, avoids big innings, avoids giving up too many home runs. Um, where are you on, on Alcantara? I know you were – I think you were – in on him last year i forget but I thought two years ago i was way in on him last year i was hesitant about the price this year i will not be hesitant about the price if he's you know he, he's going around that two three turn i'm very comfortable yeah. with it uh you know so yeah he doesn't strike up batters like crazy but guess what that's okay that's why he gets so many more innings yeah and you get there on volume he doesn't walk guys that's what i really like he throws freaking hard yeah too. i was gonna like, say he yeah. didn't see it's not like he lost velocity yeah. or anything like that you know I'm, you know, I, I will be in on him. If I get an early pick in the main, like one, two, or three, I could see me, see you taking him at the end of the second, beginning of the third. If that's the route I want to go, I, I could definitely, he'd definitely be, I'd be very comfortable taking him there. If you're in that spot, do you, uh, do you prefer him or do you prefer Spencer Strider? I prefer him. I okay. uh, just longer track record. Um, I was a little concerned with how the Braves – I mean, the Braves had to kind of manage his Strider's workload towards the end of the season. I always a little concerned when you have, you have such a big jump, what happens the next year. He threw he threw 100 more innings than, than Strider last year. That's a crazy number. And Strider threw 100 more innings than Strider did the year before too, I yep. think. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought the velocity was down in the playoff start against the Phillies too. Uh, he had a really bad playoff start against them, if I recall correctly. Yeah, um, I think I, I think you, I think that rings a bell. I don't remember totally for sure, but yeah, it's uh, it's tough, right? Because I love Spencer Strider. Watching him, he's so nasty. But man, mm-hmm. if you're gonna be that that second, third round, I think I'm with you there too. I think uh, probably looking closer at that, but yeah, it's hard not to go with a guy that threw 230 last year. You're just getting so much more, uh, you know. And Strider, you know, late in the year was a little banged up too, so that's uh. You know, that, that it gets in your mind a little bit too. So he had, little he had, younger, he had, he had the oblique in the, in the, in the playoffs. Yeah, that's right. It was the oblique. That's yeah. Right. So it's not, not an arm, but still, uh, by the way, uh, the, the three years of age difference, I, I think that works against Strider and for Sandy a little yeah. bit there. I think the older you are, the, I mean, you're not immune from the injury bug, but I think it's a little, little like you've gotten through this so far. You've shown you can handle the workload. I, I assume, think that's a I assume Strider's capped at maybe like 160 to 170 innings somewhere in there this year too. I think that uh, – I mean, if, if you get 160 innings, they'll probably be really, really good. But uh, I don't think you're getting 200 for them in any way. They're not going to let him – not going to push that far. Right. I mean, the trade-off is you get potential there, – there's a 250 strikeout season if he ever yeah. does get there. I mean, he, he could be Cole-esque. Yeah, 38% um, strikeout rate on Strider is fairly absurd. Yep. 
Uh, dropping down a little bit, uh, about pick 42. I'm using, I use the last three weeks for, for draft champions as I'm throwing these numbers out, but everything's, everything's fairly close when you throw them in. There's 44 in the online championship. Dylan Cease, someone that was really good last year. I had him in my main event team that did well. 2.2 rate, 1.11 and 184 innings. Uh, the K rate did drop, but still at uh, still over 30%. So still really good there. Um, the issue with uh, seats always is the is the walks. The walks creep back up last year, back in the double digits at uh, 10.4%. The big thing for me with Cease is I watched him a lot in the second half last year, and I thought he was a different pitcher in the second half. K rate went from 34% to 24%. His bat in the second half was 215. He got really lucky in the second half. I watched a lot of his games. Uh, he had that stretch where he didn't give up, but he gave like one earned runner fewer in a whole bunch of games. And every game it felt like just kind of catching some breaks. Um, the ADPs at pick 41, that's, uh, you know, middle to end of the third round in, in, in a 15-teamer. In a I think I'm out at the price this year. Uh, what say you? I'm with you on that. Um, I Yeah, I, I didn't have them last year, and I feel like uh, I kind of regret it. But like you said, the, the second that the, the, the second half, the, the you, you know one or two fewer starts against the uh, you know each AL yep. Central foe that he fa- he was able to feast on last year. He goes right after Carlos Rodon, who I also have some concerns about, but oh, really? a little bit before McClanahan. Uh, it seems like everybody loves Carlos Rodon. It's the new contract thing, okay, um, and and health history too, a little bit there. Um, and he's going from San Francisco to New York. I mean, those that's. That's a difference, right? Um, it right. is, although although lefty in New York is better than a righty in New York. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure, hundred uh, percent. I'd take Verlander before Cease. McClanahan versus Cease is a tough call because I think uh, I, I think uh, McClanahan also has health concerns. Yeah, uh, but I take Scherzer before Cease also. Uh, that's a that's a pretty you know Wheeler versus Cease is closer for me is a close call for me I'm not sure point is there's there's others I take or I'd take a closer or I take a hitter there before I take Cease I'm probably not going to get Cease unless he's like end of the fourth round in a 15 team league in a 12 team league maybe I'm more inclined to take a chance but then again I might also be more inclined to take another hitter there too right and you you just li- you did listen a bunch of pitchers obviously a lot of hitters there if those are guys you prefer that it's it's pretty clear that uh, cease will not be on your team unless something weird or freaky happens in a draft but the guy that you didn't mention uh right next to zach wheeler in adp is shane bieber his adp is about uh, about 57 so we're talking like uh end of the fourth round in a, in a 15 teamer um Huge, uh, huge 2022. After the only, uh, he only threw 96 innings in 2021, had a really good 2022, uh, 2.88 ERA, 1.04 whip. The K rate dropped. And the issue with them is it's, it's kind of dropping every year. Swing strike rate dropped three straight years. Uh, did drop his walk rate. So that helped really helped him a lot. But the velocity is the issue here. Um, at some point, it's going to have to bite him. He's down to 91.3 last year. Velocity dropped about a mile and a half. Uh, are you worried about that? Do you think he just kind of knows how to pitch? Uh, do you go with the 2022 stats? Where do you fall on Bieber? Because I have he's a guy that I've having trouble kind of placing in my rankings at the moment. I am too. Uh, my projections like him better than my gut feeling likes him. All right. Uh, now, you know, I, I just did a little bit of tweaking on him to to lessen him a little bit there, but yeah, I think the Guardians are going to be good, so I think wins will be okay. I mean, I, even though the uh, I mean, even though they, they lose some AL Central games, I still think 
they're going to be a good team. I think this is a good young core. I think they're going to add, I think the hit, young hitters are going to start making some good moves here. He's one of like eight starting pitchers with a K minus walk percentage over 20%. I mean, that that's a, that's a good number. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the velocity d- decline hurts, but the lack of walks kind of make up for that a little bit there. Uh, I think I'll have some, I don't, I'll have him in some places. I don't think it's one of those where I'm going to reach for him, but again, Give me Cease versus Bieber. I'm probably taking Bieber. You brought up wins. I wanted to ask you, do you think that – I know we always said, you know, predicting, win, predicting wins is tough. Do you think it's a little bit different now that we can not, not maybe predict the teams that will get – pitchers that will get wins, but we can predict the pitchers on teams that will not get wins just based on usage and, you know, guys uh, – not sure. letting guys go through the third time through the order. Like, there's teams that are – philosophies now are different. It's just hard for guys to get wins on those teams. Uh, yeah, uh, 100% I do. And the same thing applies with saves. Like, I'm not going to, I won't have a whole lot of Alexis Diaz, no matter how good of a pitcher I think he is, because it's the right. Reds and management usage and, you know, team, team strength applies. Same thing applies with starting pitchers. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think you have to decline, you know, you know, Reds, Pirates, you know, A's, uh, Nationals, uh, you know, there's certain teams you know aren't going to be good, and you have but to even teams that aren't. It's not necessarily like you look at someone like the Rays, like that's a tough squad because the way yeah. they manage pitchers, they'll be good, they always are good, they always find a way to win games. But starting pitcher wins for them matter because they're tough to get the way they get the way they the way they throw their guys. Yeah, I mean, we can look ahead in the future to our outline and see Tyler Glass and all yeah. those guys to discuss. And yeah, of course, they're going to be managing his workload. I mean, sure. there, there's no doubt about it. So yeah, you, you got to at least think about that there. Um, and the thing is, yeah, projecting wins is a kind of a fool's errand, but we got to do it because it's a, yeah. it's a stat that we use. Or at least we have to, you know, obviously we're not getting the exact number right. It is nice. It's a good thing to get, but more important to get the kind of framework, uh, you know, for sure. try to guess that a little bit right. And just give yourself the best chances there because, I mean, yeah. it's hard to get that part right. So some more, uh, more stars I wanted to ask you about, but first a note from our sponsors at Underdog. The fantasy baseball season is underway, and there's no better place to play than Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy baseball. Right now, Underdog has MLB Best Ball Tournaments Live, including the Dinger, which has $500,000 in total prizes. In Best Ball, all you're doing is join a contest, draft your team, and that's it. There's no waivers, no trades, and no in-season management. Draft 20 rounds of players and get the best cumulative scores in your starting lineup. You, get, you start three pitchers, three infielders, three outfielders, and one flex each week of the regular season. Getting started is simple. Go to underdogfantasy.com, sign up with the promo code RWMLB. Not only underdog double your initial deposit up to $100, but you'll also get six months of our RotoWire subscription all for free. Again, that's underdog fantasy, promo code RWMLB. Draft your $100,000 Dinger team today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So right behind Shane Bieber is someone that's near and dear to your heart, Jeff. Uh, Luis Castillo, ADP's kind of in the same spot, into the fourth round of 15, or about 59. Uh, obviously, he had the sweet uh, park switch going from uh, going from Cincinnati to Seattle. Uh, you know, good 2022, uh, 2.99 ERA, 1.08, way up in 150 innings. Uh, he bumped his K rate back up. You know, 2021 was uh, was rough for him in a, in a lot of ways. Uh, walk rate dropped back uh, back down a couple percentage points. So that was good too, down to 7.3%. Uh, where are you on Luis Castillo? Look at the StatCast page. It's good, not great. Uh, his four-seam fastball was way better in 2022. That was a pitch that uh, he struggled with in 2020, was really effective in 2022. Um, how are you on Luis Castillo in Seattle? Um, okay. Um, whip is still not great. Um, you know, and granted, he was better last year, and maybe uh, you know, he, if he if he can repeat the same like you know runners on base thing that he did last year, then he's worth that price. However, if you look at the two previous years, one twenty three and one thirty six six whips, we I mean, two thousand twenty one is the thing that happened. Yeah. Um, I was I was there for it. Trust me, I know. Yeah. Uh, so, but he he's actually going at a more reasonable price now. End of the fourth round, beginning of the fifth as opposed to the third round where he was going in that 2021 season and 2020 before that. Yeah. I mean, my, I've only got him for 169 innings. So that kind of knocks him down a little bit in terms of his uh, uh, like projected value. If you spit out an algorithm, basically a, a ranking system and a 120 whip. But if he's at a one Oh, if he's at a 110 or lower whip, then he's worth that price. So in this range, we have a lot of names. We talked about uh, we talked about uh, Bieber. We talked about Castillo. We got Christian Javier in here. I think we talked about him a little bit last week. Uh, kind of in this range too, maybe a little bit higher is Julio Urias in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, obviously, a huge twenty twenty two. Whip was under one. Uh, ERA was uh, two point one six. Uh, but there's uh, there's some there's some concern with Urias and the fantasy community just based on the uh, based on the strikeout rate. It dropped to uh, dropped to twenty four point one percent last year. Dropped two uh, percent there. Um, swing strike rate is only eleven point one percent. Another number people cite when they don't like Urias. It's interesting because we always talk about strikeouts and obviously very important in fantasy. The the top guys are the ones that get your strikeouts. It's hard to find. There are no strike strike breakout strikeout guys. Uh, Rob Silver was on the Roadwire podcast with James Anderson early last week and talked about how. Of the, I think it was all of 24 pitchers who had a strike rate over 26%, Steamer or whatever it was. I figured you stay Steamer the bat, uh, all had all of them at 24% or higher in the preseason projection. So, like, there are no like random breakouts that you get with offense. I think uh, Merrill mm-hmm. Kelly was the only guy that broke into the top 48 of guys that we weren't expected to be pretty good strikeout guys. So, um, 
Strikeouts are hard to find. You've got to do it at your early guys. So Urias hurts a little bit there. But you look at Urias' hard contact. Like every year he manages to avoid that exceptionally well. He was a 28.6% hard hit guy in 2020. Really known number. 30.3% in 2021. 30.2% last year. How much do you play into that? Like at some point, you know, you get some outliers with those. But it's year after year after year, he's obviously doing something to avoid hard contact, right? Yeah. Talk to me when he leaves the Dodgers. Otherwise, I'm not that concerned. Yeah. Um, Fair point. This is a guy we were taking second, you know, mid to, mid to late second round, early third round in main event drafts last year. He turned around and put it in a season where, what did he have? Like a, you know, a, a 216 ERA, a .96 yep. whip, 17 wins. Okay, the strikeouts are lower. Yes, okay. But that's not the be-all, end-all, okay? I mean, it's, it's not like he killed you in strikeouts. It's not like he, he threw 110. This is not Kyle Hendricks here. I, I love them at this price. I do too. I I, I kind of when I started this, I'm like, oh, I wonder, you know, the price, like you said, the price dropped after a great year. Um, it's a strikeout, it's a swing strike rate, but man, I just, I just think he knows how to pitch. I think he knows how to avoid hard contact. And like you said, the strikeouts, you know, won't be huge, but you're still going to get a bunch. He's still on a great team. Um, man, you give him, give him me in the middle of the fourth round. I'm I'm there every day for it. Yeah, and uh, you know, I I would do, I will do the Urias U Darvish combo at their respective prices till the cows come home. I, I mean, give me, give me, give me more. I, I will do that all the time uh, because then it allows me to get a closer and it allows me to get good hitters. Otherwise at those prices, um, Jarvis, I, Jarvis ADP is mid eighties. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Why again? It's well, I'll tell you why it's because the strikeouts are a little, are trending downward. And I know I, the logic behind that is I, I understand. I get it. There is a chance of cratering. Um, and it could be a sign, and maybe I'm I'm not respecting that enough. I will grant that as a possibility, and maybe uh, at some point in time I'll I'll, I'll care to re- revisit my thoughts. But his uh, his contract stretch is pretty wild. Till six eight, more years till right? age forty. Till age forty two. Yeah, I mean he's he's learned new tricks. He's not walking guys anymore. And you look at are you Darvish talking about, is now what we're talking about. Yeah, Darvish. Yeah. You talk about Darvish's whip 1.95 last four years. Like that's. Is that something you'd be interested in? That is damn good. I know he has some years with the ERA pops, and he has some home run issues. I do fully get that. But, yeah. It, it, his, do you think his, the Padres are going to win some games this year? Exactly. You talk about the Dodgers winning a game, the Padres are going to be right there with them. Um, in that same range with Darvish, uh, a little bit earlier is Tyler Glasnow. Uh, ADP over the last uh, you know three weeks in DCs is 81. Uh, what the heck do you do with this? Because the guy is obviously awesome. You look at, uh, I think it was Eno Saros talking about, he has like the, the top stuff plus that metric he uses, uh, anybody in baseball. I mean, the guy is obviously nasty when he pitches, but he's thrown over 90 innings one time. And that was 111 innings in 2011, one time. Um, and he's going to pick 81. Like you need a hundred and something innings from that for this price to work at all. Um, what do you project him to throw? How many, how many, what's the most innings he throws? Like 120? Like, I don't know. I got him for 139 and that's very aggressive. All right. That's That's aggressive. It is very aggressive, but is 139 enough? I got that. I got that. I got that reference. Thank you. Um, he threw six innings last year. Yeah, I know. I'm aware of that. So yeah. So 139, like that's a, that's like, everything works out pretty darn well. Like that's, that's everything working out as well as it could can. Right. Yeah, um, it is. And like I said, it I, I don't even it's not like I said, oh, I got to go get Tyler Glass now. I don't have him in any league so far. Um, I could see it. 
I, I, I could definitely see it, uh, but no. Um, that, uh, was, I, I, that, was, that was our friend Justin Mason here on the screen. So just yeah. just say no to glass now. Yeah. I I love the guy as a pitcher. I just think I'm gonna almost every time I'm gonna get people around him in the same range that I'm just gonna prefer and feel better saying their name out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the guy you mentioned, you Darvish, like I, he goes after Glass now. I take Darvish every day in that case. Yeah, I, I take I take Darvish over Glass now too. I take Glass now over Glass Joe though. So there's that. I got that reference too. That's two in a row that I got. I know. Wow. Yeah. Piston Honda. I'm either very up. boring, lucid, or something in between. I don't know what. But or you're not you're not dropping not obscure enough references. You're yet. not dropping references from like 1973 like you normally do. Yeah, or I could drag Nick Nick Whalen in here, and you know, who's never even seen Caddyshack, and not, you know, or any other movie that was, yeah. You know, but he, he's not in the movie yet. But I anyhow, saying, I'm dragging my radio co-host on a ba- fantasy baseball podcast that he won't be listening to. And so. wasn't and wasn't born then, right? No, uh, he was not. Uh, speaking of guys who weren't born when Caddyshack came out, George Kirby in Seattle is uh, he's people 25. have not been in my kitchen. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I three references in a row. Got all three. I am ding, on ding, fire ding. tonight. Nice. Yeah. Uh, George Kirby, what's uh, what do you like here? This is a guy that, as a rookie, like elite walk Love rate. We're talking George Kirby, four point one percent walk rate is crazy. As a he had that stretch where he like walked one or fewer guys and like a whole bunch of number of games in a row. The, the, it was a great stretch. Really good debut last year. One hundred thirty innings, three point three nine, one point two one ERA. Uh, even even with those numbers, the Babbitt was high. It was three thirty one. So maybe that improves a little bit too. Um, you know, stat cast page is kind of blah. It's uh, except for the walk rate, which is obviously really elite. Um, but you look at another guy that avoided hard contact, exit velo, hard hit rate, and barrel percentage all below 50th percentile. Um, I guess he was so he wasn't great there either. So he's kind of middle of the road there. Um, the walk rate's great. Um, are you convinced in everything else? Yeah, I, I think he's he's a really good pitcher, and I don't even I don't even I don't I don't think you necessarily can project a massive leap from him. But he's the type of pitcher who could have a massive leap. Uh, you maybe you get concerned about the number of innings. I only have him for one forty-three. He went through one thirty last year. Um, man, I, I. But he's the type of guy that he, he could really take a big step up. The Mariners could take a big step up. Although I think the AL West is tougher than ever. Um, there's oh, yeah, four man. good teams now, but. <laughs> You're just taking shots at me. No, I'm not trying to, dude. <laughs> I'm not trying to. But I think the Angels legitimately improved, and I think the Rangers legitimately improved, yeah. uh, and the Astros are still the Astros. So uh, I, I, that part will be tough. But they don't play as many games against those teams, so it's okay. Yeah. They get to play more teams against the Tigers and the White Sox. and I am including the White Sox in that malaise because I think that they did not improve. Um, and I, I think that the, I think Kirby's – just he's a, I think he's got the foundations of being an ace. Uh, and I, I think there's a chance of a big leap here. Yeah, I, and I misspoke. The, the barrel rate actually was low last year. It was 22, 20 seconds. I was a little lower than I thought. But uh, I think that's a you know function of him being in the zone so much. You guys probably feel fairly comfortable. They're going to get pitches to hit. But, yeah, well, he was one of those guys that, that passed the eye test for me. When I watched him, I really liked uh, – I literally liked what I saw. I love guys that don't walk people. And, uh, you know, he's going to get 24, 24 and a half. 24 and a half percent strikeout rate. So it's not like he's a, he doesn't strike guys out at all. And, you know, that was his first time through, uh, you know, his, his, his numbers in the minors K rate numbers were really high. So it's a, uh, he projects pretty well uh, coming forward here. Um, moving back a little bit, uh, Logan Webb ADP is about uh, 113 last three weeks in, in draft champions uh, had a nice follow-up season last year. Obviously he had that playoff stretch where he was really good for the giants in the playoffs in the, 
in 20, oh, I forget what that was, 2021. He threw a really good game against the Dodgers. Um, but 2.9, 1.16 uh, last year, 192 innings, really nice follow-up. Uh, but the K rate is an issue here. It, it crashed pretty hard. It went from 26.5% to 20.7%. So he fell off the table there. Still a huge ground ball guy, though, 57% ground ball rate. So that uh, that helps you there, you know, hopefully avoid some big innings. But swing strike rate fell. I mentioned the K rate fell. Uh, where are you in Logan Webb? This doesn't seem like a, a really expensive price for for him right now. Yeah, I, I feel like he's priced adequately. Okay. Um, enough that, like, sure, if I need a starter there, I take him. Uh, I, I don't think I'm going to make a point of structuring my drafts to make sure I get him. Um, or, you know, like, he might not even be my preference in our, that range, but he's definitely one where, like, okay, sure, I could, I could, I could see myself taking him if my other targets in that area went, went by. I'm trying to see, like, if I don't get George Kirby, for instance, I'll take, you know, uh, and, and I think I'd take Logan Gilbert also before Webb. Um, and Nestor Cortez before Webb, but those, but he, it, it would be close. I'd be one where I'd have to think about it. The velo dropped. It's down to ninety one point nine. That's concerned there. Uh, the whiff mm-hmm. rate and the slider fell really hard. It was forty seven percent in twenty twenty one, thirty one percent last year. Um, and the problem with that is if that slider is not elite, his fastball gets hit. His fastball is a yeah, four four uh, four fifty slug against three twenty seven batting average against only a thirteen percent whiff rate. So he's not. Really, uh, he's not making hay on the on the fastball. He, that slider has to be better. If it's if it's the same as it was twenty twenty two, I think his ERA is going up. Uh, so I like him, but maybe not as much as I did than when I when I when I dug sure. in a little deeper. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, a guy who I like more than I thought I would. Kind of flipping on the Logan Webb thing here. It actually, is Kyle Wright. Uh, AEP is uh, one twenty five. So that's uh, what is that the start of the ninth round in a tw- in a in a fifteen teamer. Yeah. Um, obviously the huge breakout in 2022. Um, we talked about him a lot last year. I had him on my main event team. It worked out well. 21 wins led the league there. 3.19, 1.16 in the, in the ratios and 180 innings. Um, obviously it was huge for anybody that got him because you got him really late, but you look at him and he, he changed who he is. He threw a lot more curveballs. and curveball was really good. He threw it 34% of the time, 33% whiff rate on that pitch. Fastball velocity jumped. He was a different pitcher last year. It jumped from, to, from 93.2 to 94.7. Um, hard hit rate was a bit high, but he's a, he's a big ground ball guy too. We talked about Logan Webb, pretty much same ground ball rate for, uh, for right. I just think that, uh, you know, he had struggles when he first came up in the past. I think he's a fully different pitcher. Um, as I dove in a little bit deeper on, uh, on right, I really liked what I saw. I think that, uh, you know, the, the, the walk rate, uh, fell big time from his other kind of cups of coffee in the managers. I know some, right. some people hate that term, but, um, the other thing I like is that you look at that, and that number is more in line with the minor league numbers. I think the other numbers that he had in the majors previously were kind of outliers and small samples and stuff. Sure. Um, I think Kyle Wright is really solid in this range as someone that if he's there at the 8-9 turn, I, I'm pretty much all in here. I mean, the K percentage jumped a ton while the walk yeah. rate dropped. Right, the yeah. walk percentage dropped a ton. I mean, that that's the that's the perfect combo. Yeah. Uh, they they His fastball velocity went up from the previous year, at least at the major league level. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like here. Uh, was a little lucky in terms of Babbitt, but uh, you know, he doesn't generate a ton of hard contact, so that makes sense. Gets, yeah, you know, I, I like it a lot. Um, I thought you're, I'm with you, I didn't think I'd like him a ton. Me too. I think part of you know, part of that is like, oh, I'm not going to get fooled by those 21 wins. Okay, you, right. you know, I'm not going to be the sucker in this draft. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, so he gets. 15 he gets 13 fine i mean at that price 13 but by the way the great. braves are gonna be really damn good again so i mean it's uh, if he's yeah. good that he'll get wins it, you know it won't be 21 you're right but I, I think that he's still a guy that you can project for a good amount of wins i uh 
I really like the price here. I think he's someone that uh, will end up on my team again if this ADP stays where it is. Yeah, I think so too. Two other starting pitchers I want to run by you in the top 150. Both their names have actually come up already in this podcast, believe it or not. Uh, the first is uh, we talked Hunter Green last week, so I'm gonna I'm gonna skip that one. But Nick Lodolo in in Cincinnati, uh, ADP is about uh, you know mid 120s in the in the DCs. Um, 103 103.1 innings in his debut. He had a, a 3.66 ERA, 1.25 WHIPs. A little high on the WHIP there. But he's a huge strikeout guy, about almost 30% strikeout rate. The walks are a little high. It was about uh, almost 9% in the walk rate. <coughs> swing, swing strike rate's good, though, over 12%. He had a little bit of home run issue, but, you know, he plays in Cincinnati, so that's going to happen. Uh, I guess my question for you is he threw 100 and – what is that, 120 – 115 innings last year if you look at the minor leagues uh, right. and, and the majors combined. Um do you think that uh, what what do you think his innings are going to look like? Uh, what do you what do you think in terms of uh, what we're looking at for Lodolo in twenty twenty three? I think I might be a little high on him at one hundred and fifty four. I, sh- I think I'm going to have to ratchet that down a little bit, but I think they find a way to you know workload manage him a little bit. So I have him yeah. at like thirty starts, and they probably probably will make like twenty seven or so. But uh, I like him, but of course, and I like him better than Hunter Green. I think he's okay. a, I think he's a I think Hunter Green is like. I mean, everybody loves 100 mile an hour fastball and yeah. all, of them, all of them, and I do too. And I love Hunter Green, but I, I think Lodolo has a he has a almost as high a ceiling. I, I think they both have health concerns, and I think that they both have crappy, you know, the crappy team issue there. Um, so it's going to be a struggle to get to 10 wins, and no matter no matter how good he is. Lodolo's curveball is awesome, by the way. It I, is. I know you already know that because you watch a lot of Reds games, but man, he throws it 30 percent of the time last year. 46% whiff rate of that pitch, X slug on that pitch of 207, which is just an absurd number for a pitch he throws that often. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's uh he he's fun and like we we're talking before, you know, the Reds uh, you know, 40% of the time, every two out of five days, you got someone someone fun thrown out there. Last guy I want to ask you about is what we talked about. We're talking about the A's and Marlins. Uh Jesus Lazardo, ADP's just inside the top 150. Uh through 100 innings uh, last year, 3.32 ERA, 1.04 whips. Um you were talking about uh, talking about Lodolo's curveball. Lazardo had two pitches last year with a whiff rate over forty percent. Great numbers. Curve was forty one point three percent. Changeup was like forty five percent. The whiff rate. Two really elite pitches there to go behind his fastball. Uh, the walks are a touch high. Same number as Lodolo at eight point eight percent. But he's uh, he, strikeout was even higher than Lodolo's. He was thirty percent exactly. Um, someone again that I didn't think I was going to be in on the new price here. But uh, man, I look at Lazardo and I think that. Uh, the the how long we waited i think he, we finally have seen him arrive i think that's uh i think 2022 2022 got me back in on Lazardo. me too me too um i think anybody who you know bought low in keeper or dynasty leagues is yeah. thanking themselves for that um and that's why we should be interested in what the marlins do with aj puck of course too cuz you got to give the marlins credit you know that they, they 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 i don't know if they fixed him but they got him on the right track and because I don't know if it was just, yeah, I think it fixed is about right. Actually. I actually think I was going to say, if you didn't do correct, I think, I think fix is kind of probably the right term for it. Yeah. Um, sure. So yeah, I, I mean, there's always a little risk inherent and again, same issue with the reds, maybe not as acute, but uh, wins are going to be hard to come by. Uh, just the Marlins didn't really do a lot to improve their offense. I know they traded for our eyes, but uh, I, I think it's still a pretty bad lineup. Yeah, I think that, I agree with you there. I uh, at that price though, tenth round, 
Um, I think he's someone that uh, will give you pretty good ratios and give you a lot of strikeouts. The innings will be a concern. He's never thrown, uh, never thrown more than a hundred, a hundred point one innings in the major leagues. So you're probably looking at, you know, 130 innings, but that's a, as we get deeper down here, we realize, you know, how valuable those early guys are because there's just, there's aren't a lot of starters to get deep in here that are good and going to throw more than 135, 140 innings. Yeah. Agreed. So let's talk about some hitters. Let's flip the script here and let's go deeper in the draft. Uh, but first, a note from our sponsors at Fantrax. Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, offering the greatest fantasy experience for all kinds of fantasy leagues, whether it be Dynasty, Keeper, Redraft, or Best Ball Leagues. Are you coming from another service? Fantrax makes it easy as they can import any of your current leagues and customize as you need. Fantrax offers the most in-depth player, player pool in the industry, including minor league players. If you need a customizable commission service for your fantasy league, Fantrax offers more customization than any other platform. You can change around scoring system, fab, head-to-head scheduling, various category management if you want you know, different categories or six-by-six, seven-by-seven, whatever it may be. Fantrax offers custom solutions for all that and more, and it's all free. Sign up for free today. Enter to win an official MLB signed jersey from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash Rotowire and sign up today. That's Fantrax, F-A-N-T-R-A-X.com slash Rotowire. Fantrax, the home for fantasy sports. So, Jeff, before we jump out of here, I want to talk some hitters. I love talking about hitters after uh, late in the draft. These are where you get guys that are going to help your team. Uh, you know, after I'm going to go after pick 250, just picking a round number. First guy I want to ask you about, uh, Brendan Rodgers in Colorado, someone that we've kind of been waiting on forever. And, you know, as soon as Rodgers gets called up or people have been drafting him. And um, last year, Palooza. Was, yeah, he was he one was, of those guys. Was, he was a Fabapalooza guy. That's right. Um, he was uh, kind of the definition of blah last year. Uh, 581 plate appearance. So he played a lot. The issue before was like, he just kept getting hurt. Once he gets healthy, we're good. Um, obviously plays in courts, hit 266. He has no speed. He's never stolen a base in the major league. So if you're worried about that, he's played – 271 games with that one. Maybe the new rules help him a little bit, but no speed here. He had 13 home runs, 63 RBI. Um, he's still a thing. He's going to pick at 262. So that's like whatever, like the you know 16th, 17th round, somewhere in there. Uh, do you find yourself uh, being intrigued at all by Brendan Rodgers at this price? If he were in any other ballpark in baseball, would we be talking about him at this price? So that would have been my answer. And then I looked, and he actually hit the ball really hard last year. He was uh, 69th percentile exit velo, 83rd in max EV, 80th in hard hit rate. I was surprised by that because he just yeah. – the home runs out there, he just hits so many ground balls. But he's like one one flip away from being pretty good, but I don't know if that flip's ever coming. He's never had over a 30% uh, fly ball rate. So it's just – Yeah, that, that's the thing that with, gets Without me the speed, it just caps it so much. But he's, 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 one, he's one fix away, but, you know, we've got – you know, a thousand, eleven hundred plate appearances of showing that he can't hit fly balls. So, I kind of got intrigued. I looked the fly ball right. How consistently poor it's been. I just, I don't know if I can get there either. You know, I, I think I'd feel differently if his hitting coach wasn't Eric Hosmer. But uh, I just... <laughs> that's good. I like that. Thank you. Um, where did, Hos- did Hos- where did Hosmer end up now? Chicago? No. Chicago. Yeah. Chicago. Okay. Because they they couldn't stand the idea of Matt Mervis being right, so they put three oh. guys in front of him. That's right. It was um, the Matt the Rivers. I do remember that now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the hard hit data is good. But like you said, no loft, no speed. I mean, none. <laughs> yeah. I, that, that's the thing that you just – what does he do? It's, it's special. I want him to have some upside. I do and, too. You know, he, he has it. I'm not going to say he has no upside. Rick Porcello's on line three yelling at me to remember it. I <laughs> – <laughs> the year I said he had no upside and he won the Cy Young. So uh, I won't say that, but we're, there, there's got to be some sizzle. 
here. And I, there's not a lot of sizzle right now. For a guy who is a super high prospect, there is a very little sizzle. I just, it, I tried to get there and I looked at the hard cut. And I tried to get there and I just, I just, he doesn't loft the ball. It's just, it's tough to get there even playing in Colorado. Um, I mean, sometimes you just have to get guys on the basis that they're getting playing time and yeah, hope, hope, hope is a good thing, Ray, but it's not a plan, but uh, yeah, and he could, he could be a guy there that, that price, you know, maybe you just need that spot, you need that bats, but it's just, it's hard to get super excited about it. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's look at the other second baseman around him though. Right, let's, let's do this comparison. Please do. DJ LeMahieu, or <laughs> I know one of you, uh, a famous Scott uh, Genstad fade. Uh, or Brendan Rodgers. Who do you got? I think I'm going to take Brendan Rodgers. Uh, but boy, I, I don't feel great about doing any of it. Colton Wong or Brendan Rodgers? Now in Seattle. I think I'm taking Brendan Rodgers. Goodness, maybe I'm talking myself into Brendan oh, Rodgers. Yeah, that's, that's you guys that's... directly above him on their second baseman in the recent NFPC. Uh, yeah. Luis Urias uh, qualifies second, third, and short versus Brendan Rodgers. We're probably getting in the in the right range now, but yeah, Urias doesn't have a lot of sizzle himself either. I'm probably taking Brendan Rodgers. Good lord, this second this is a rough this is a rough batch. Yeah, now we're we're almost twenty points of eight. I'm, de- I'm definitely taking so. I'm definitely taking Segura and Gavin Lux, who the next two guys are going to ask okay. about. All right, um, yeah. but that's but that's also now almost thirty picks ahead of them too. I'm just so. not convinced how much DJ LeMay who's going to play. It sounds to me like you almost want to address this position earlier, it's or a, it's a, it's, or later. It's a good thing. Uh, it's a good thing to do. Finding pockets of value is good, but finding pockets of non-value is also good. At least in your mind. I just I see a guy after him. You might be interested because I know he's on our outline. Um, and that's Nick Gordon. Yeah, let's talk about Nick Gordon because Nick Gordon's another person that I was a little surprised by his how hard he hits the ball. I was a little surprised by his hard contact. Um, he is uh, Gordon. Last year had 443 plate appearances at 272 with nine home runs and six steals. Uh, hard hit rate was 44.3%. Good number there. Does not walk at all. You're not going to get, uh, you're not get OBP league out of him, but mm-hmm. um, I guess the question one is, will Nick Gordon play? And I know your joke will be, well, yeah, as soon as Byron Buxton or um, Carlos Craig gets hurt, sure. He'll play, but no, he's going to um, play before that. He's going to play second base. You think he's going to play second base? Yes, I do. Cause I uh, looked at, I, I was, I just picked roster resources, one source. They had him DHing. So I wasn't uh, DHing and he ninth, which is suddenly that excites you a little bit less. They had, uh, so they had Jorge Polanco at second base. Oh yeah, I forgot about Polanco. Never yeah. mind. <laughs> you know, um, I knew there. I knew there was someone that was there. I had to think yeah. about who it was. And then you know, it, 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 you think Jose Moran is probably going to play third, and then yeah, center field is Buxton, and they've got. Uh, I guess you got Joey Gallo, gross Max Kepler out there. Uh, but you got Trevor Larnick, Michael A. Taylor. I think Kepler is on the outs with them a little bit there. Seems at the that very way, least, right? At the very least, I think he's. A platooned guy, but Gordon bats lefty, so that doesn't really help him. Yeah. I okay. I, I misspoke actually. Um, the other option is first base. Alex Kirilov is coming off something, so they can move some things around. Where like Kirilov, when Kirilov's out, Miranda goes to first, and Gordon can play some third. There's, there's no way. There's no way Kirilov will miss time. That's crazy talk. No, I know. Impossible. Un- it's a shame because I, I I like his I like him as a hitter, and I just don't think he, I'm not sure he can ever get healthy. The twins are are very curious because like they have like three guys that can play center field, possibly four. Most teams struggle to have one. They have Buxton, they have Royce Lewis whenever he gets healthy again. Yep. They traded for Michael Taylor and Nick Gordon could also play center. So that's that 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 that's an overflow of riches. But the, I mean, you look at the guys starting from them. They have Joey Gallo and Max Kepler, 
Trevor Larnock. These are all guys are projected to start right now. None like, of them strike me as like rock solid in terms of playing time. I like the offseason note on Kirilov. He's able to take full swings. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I just that, that risk seems like it's just never going away. I think Nick Gordon and Kyle Farmer both play more than people realize. Yeah, I think you're probably right on that, especially with the Twins team. But uh, yeah, he's an interesting guy. I mean, I just I don't know where the I think the upside is probably like just plays a lot and hits the ball pretty hard and gives you some good nice batting average, which is you know hard to find later in drafts. So I think that uh, that probably works there. But I think he run, he's going to run too. Yeah, he had what he had. I was surprised how little he ran last year because I expected we. I think when we talked about him last week, we were talking about Fab and picking guys up. I mean, he was someone that stole a bunch of bases in the minors, and he only stole six last year. And Fourth and forty-three paid appearances, but he's one of those guys. That maybe the new rules help him a little bit. Maybe he's more comfortable. That was his first like real stretch of playing time. Maybe he can just kind of get into right. it a little more. I got to dig into the tendencies a little bit more because I don't think Minnesota was like a running team. I think like they put the governor switch on Buxton at one point. I always thought that was kind of injury related, but maybe maybe they don't like to run as much either. Um, and so that might be something where I might temper my enthusiasm just a little bit. So um, you're going to be shocked when I tell you not only do they not like to run very much. They were dead last in baseball last year in stolen bases. Well, I guess I'm not shocked, but uh, uh, look at that roster. Are you surprised? 38. Wow, that's that's pretty low. That is pretty low. Buxton really, only had six steals last year. Yeah, yeah. he stole like five early, and then he got hurt against Boston, or maybe it was four earlier or something. Like that. He got hurt on that slide, and they went. He went like a solid two months without a stolen base after that. He led the Twins in stolen bases. Yeah, yeah with six. But- that's that's incredible. Him, him and Nick Gordon each had six. Well, that we is know Correa wild. doesn't run. Yeah, we know. I mean, look, Max Kepler is not a, a yeah. thief. Polanco, mean, did, Polanco doesn't run. Yeah, um, they just I, they don't have either. They don't have the roster, and I, and I think maybe like you know, Baldelli is from uh, you know fruit of the raised tree, and I think they were one of the teams first to suggest that like we're going to pay you know if if you don't have the guys to run we're not going to run i mean they ran a lot with crawford and all that back in the day uh, i think that they you have to have the right player you know right players and if yeah. you're not like at a successful at like a 75% rate they're just not going to let you go stealing 38 as team is more than just not having the exact players that's a that's a team philosophy and there has yeah, to be i think somewhere. so yeah uh, some other hitters here before we jump out of here uh, another guy that's uh, a, a former red here uh, jesse winker was hmm. horrible last year it was a Rough year, and you and I have liked Jesse Winker for many years. Um, he's been obviously he's a guy that hit the ball really hard. That all went away last year in Seattle. I know people were worried about the park, but this is more than park. I mean, he had his hard rate, hard hit rate dropped twelve uh, percent last year. Bell rate of, fell almost in half from eleven percent to seven point five percent. The K's were up a little bit. Walks were huge. He had a fifteen percent walk rate last year, so he got on base. Uh, you know, when he was when he wasn't getting out, he got on base through some walks, but hit two nineteen. 14 home runs, moves out of Seattle. I think that was a, an absolute must for him. Moves to Milwaukee, pretty good place to hit. Uh, his ADP is about uh, 260, 265, somewhere in there. What the heck does one do with Jesse Winker uh, coming off the brutal 2022? I think Mariners fans to Winker were like uh, that guy in Tombstone. He's like, well, bye. You know, they, they hate I, Winker there. Uh, it, the work ethic was, yeah, it's was weird, really right? – yeah. he was dragged for his lack of work ethic uh, big time. Was that um, issue in Cincinnati at all? I think maybe a little bit as okay. a prospect. Uh, there, there. Uh, I, I think there were some. I don't know if it was work ethic necessarily, but it was definitely like uh, he he didn't charm the manager. I mean, sometimes it cost him playing time. We're like, why isn't he playing more? Well, this sort of stuff kind of leaks out every once in a while. Like, okay, 
maybe that's why. So maybe this will be kind of a kick in the butt that he needs. I don't know. Um, getting him in Milwaukee is definitely a better place for him to hit than Seattle, though, too. For sure. Uh, I think uh, I think I'm, uh, I'm I'm in at this price. I think that it picked 260. I think I'm willing to maybe wash out 2022 and take a shot here. Just you look at uh, you look at 2020, 2021. Hard hit rate was really high. Barrel rate in the double digits. I I just think that there's a yeah. there's a really good hitter in here that I, I have a hard time believing it. at age 29 just kind of went away. I just think I think 22 was a a lost season across the board for him and the Mariners with with, with Winker. Yeah, but he's similar to Rogers. Is that you're not going to get any stolen bases here? No. So if you're taking Winker here at a position where you're hoping to get some stolen bases from, you better have addressed him earlier. For sure. I, I agree there. But I think you I think with I think the home run ceiling on Winker is significantly higher than Rogers. And I think mm-hmm. I like the batting average more, although Rogers plays in course field. But I just think that um, I think I like Luke a little. I think the wink the Winker ceiling's higher. I think that uh, Rogers, the, the fly ball rate's concerning. At least Winker does hit some does hit some loft on his balls. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. A guy who is, uh, you have to know the rules here. Uh, Shea Langoliers is UT only to start the season. That'll go away pretty quick. We obviously need to get a third catcher if you take Langoliers. But Langoliers is uh, going to be the ace catcher. Uh, ADP is about pick 277. So he's getting drafted. People realize he's going to be a catcher. But um, he's really good in AAA last year with the with the A's. They obviously traded for him in the, in the Matt Olson trade. Um, he had uh, 19 home runs and 400 plate appearances in the, in the minors. And they came up with the majors and, just swung and missed a freaking ton. 21.1% swing strike rate. Um, the barrels, barrels are still pretty good. 9.9% there's pretty good, but just the swing and miss is huge. 35% strikeout rate. That obviously will be a huge disaster if it happens again. But I just, I think that he was such a better hitter in the minors. I think maybe that that's a first time up kind of thing. Um, where are you at with that uh, with Langoliers this price? About 280, knowing that if you take him, you got to take a, a, a round 30 catcher for the first couple of weeks. Uh, I don't like that aspect of it there yeah. because then what are you going to like? Is it just a player you're drafting to cut? Uh, yeah, you know, you're drafting. Uh, yeah. Whatever is the, the 31st best catcher, which is going to be awful. But uh, is it, is it five, is fine, five, five games eligibility or 10 games eligibility? I, I always forget how to do it. In the NFBC, it's, it's 10. I know we had, we dropped to like eight for a while. during 2010. It's okay, ba- 2010, you know, normal right. season. It's, it's, that's like the standard roto rule is 20 and 10. Yeah, I knew we were at 10 for a long time, and then COVID, it dropped to like 7 or 8, but I think it must be back to 10, right? Right. That was yeah. just because we had the shortened season. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I, mean, I don't like that, but we do all kinds of crazy things in the end game. You know, when we have a Japan game, we're drafting guys right. and all that just to get capture wins. Some people more than others. Uh, <laughs> Hashtag rogue drafter. Yes. Shout out. Yes, exactly. But I uh, can't. It was a Tom Wilhelmson. Was I think I got the win in in Japan yeah, that year. Good, yeah, good pull. Thank you. Um, but in that, well, that was like the first Japan set. Yeah, that was. Season. Yeah, the A's have played and, three times over there. I think. Yeah. Well, hey, and they, you know, they need to play in front of fans but, at some point yeah, in time. You, know, you can't give up A's home games though. That's, no, that's tough. no. Yeah. At one point that did matter. Uh, yes, but, it did. Not anymore. Yeah. Um. You know. Yeah. I. I think. Uh, yeah. But I. I, I do think. Langoliers, I mean, he has the power upside. And yeah. when you, you're getting that second catcher, you're looking to find – just do something. Yeah. Hit for average, hit for power, do something. You know, don't don't just be blah. You know, just do you – know, contribute some way. And I could see Langoliers being being a guy that could hit 15 to 20 homers. Uh, I think he's going to hit 15, 20 homers. I think the power is definitely there. I think the batting average is going to be a risk. We're going to have to see a, a, a change in the K rate. He can't strike out 35%. It'll just be – it'll be a mess. The lineup's going to be terrible. 
Um, I think uh, I think we're looking at. I even go like uh, eighteen to twenty-four home runs somewhere. There. I may go a little higher than your range, but I think he's. I think the power is going to be there. And in round whatever that is, you know, nineteen twenty, you got to be catcher eligible. I realize it's, it's going to be two weeks, but uh, I think it's going to. I think it's going to. I think it's going to work at that price of catcher. Yeah. Just yeah. Exactly. But just be aware that yes. uh, you know you have to do that. You do have to do that. A uh, couple of names here before we jump out here. I want to ask you about uh, Jared Kelnick is a, a fascinating name. Uh, ADP is about uh, over 300, 312. Um, the shine is fully off this star now. He was horrible last year in the majors. He hit uh, 141. There is no way around the fact he was just flat out terrible. He was pretty good in the minors, though. In AAA, hit 295, 18 home runs, nine stolen bases, and just under 400 plate appearances. Uh, K rate was horrendous in the majors. It was 34%. It was only 21% in the minors. Bell rate in majors was 13.5%. So he didn't actually make contact. He hit the ball hard. Um, a, what do you think Seattle's plans for Kelnick are? Do you think it's uh, your job? Do you think he has a runway or a leash at all? And are you willing to buy back in at this price after the horrendous uh, last couple of years? <sighs> no, probably not. Um, I, I really need him to be like almost a reserve pick before I draft him. Uh, I, I guess yeah, I, you, I could get there in the 12. I, I think I had a hard time in the 15 where it's so much harder to find someone to replacement there. If he's not playing well, I and mean, like, how, do I, how long do I hold on to him? If he gets off to a terrible start, you're gonna have to go through that question. I don't, I, I don't, I think if it's a terrible start, you just drop him. Cause I think Seattle's going to send him back down or do something. Cause I don't, I don't think his leash is very long. Yeah. I don't think so either. I mean, I only have him projected for like 60 games, I think. Um. I, yeah, I, 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 I. There is some pitch recognition improvement before he got hurt in September, but it's also against September pitchers too. I mean, yeah, I, I could go more granular, I suppose, and look at every single pitcher he faced, but I. And I, I guess, but he still hit 180 in September. Yeah, yeah. So uh, no, he had a couple, he had a couple of big home runs, and people were starting to freak out. I, I think this is the price where. I could get back in if I'm kind of whoever I need. We're in the 21st round. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a shot here. And the thought is I could drop him in a month if I need to. I'm going to drop half the guy, more than half the guys in this range anyway. But if he has a good two weeks in spring, you're not going to get him at this price. That's a fair point, too, because he'll he'll shoot up. You're right. If there's if he does well in spring, it'll probably get to a price where I can't – I'm not willing to do it. Um, this is probably the price where I'd do it. But if he was in the, like, the 250s, 260s, I'm not doing it there. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to give him a little bit more playing time, but – and maybe a little improvement on the rate sense, but I, I don't know. I just don't, I mean, this is a, you know, they say religion is faith without evidence. This is pretty much that it's, it, you got to get religion to draft him. Uh, I think that's a, that's a good way to put it. You got, you kind of just jump at the fact that he was a huge prospect. He did something right. And the minor leagues were pretty good last year. Maybe, you know, one of those guys that you know needs a couple call-ups to get going. But we talked earlier about uh, lack of sizzle with uh, with big prospect names. Uh, Dylan Carlson falls into that range right here. Uh, ADP is 330. I can't believe how blah his year was last year. He had Oh, I can believe it. I, had, I lived it. Oh, did you? He had 488 plate appearances last year. That was more than I thought he had. He had eight home runs and five stolen bases. Hard hit rate was 27%. At least down in the... It's down in the, like the Tony Kemp and, and other rabbit range, except Carlson doesn't steal. He had five steals last year. Um, OBP was 316. Barrel rate was under 5%. Uh, the K rate dropped a lot, so I guess that's good. But, man, there's nothing here for a guy that was a really highly touted prospect two years ago. Right. Um, my most rostered player last year. So follow me, at Jeff underscore Erickson. 
Uh, I loved him two years ago. I think I uh, I jumped in on fully on him in the COVID year, and that uh, it wasn't that wasn't good then either. And I think I was bad. It's just no. I guess it was. I think it was twenty twenty one. I was big in on him. That's right. It was right after the COVID year, and he was okay that year. He had eighteen home runs, but still had two seasons with two stolen bases. I'm surprised there's no speed. I'm surprised the power fell off last year, but there's nothing really to get it behind here. When you have a 27% hard hit rate and that many at-bats, you're just not hitting the ball hard. And I have to think his leash is as, as maybe not as short as Kelnick's, but like in that range, like there's no way to keep running him out there for a whole nother year if he's not good, right? I, I don't even know if they he starts the year as a starter. I mean, they have options now. They do. And I, I think – I just bumped up uh, Brennan Donovan's playing time a little bit there. That, that is one point of view there. Uh, Who he, do he they have? Somebody that can play center. I guess can Tyler O'Neill play center field? I mean, sure. Uh, I think or, yeah, or I think, Nick Barr, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at you know, it, yeah, it's got to be Tyler O'Neill who could would do it. I think so, but I, I think you look at the you look at their uh, farm system. They they've got some other guys that you know are infielder types that could move guys around. I think. Yeah, center field is the question mark there. Can they find anyone that plays adequate defense in center field for all an extended period of time? Not just like a game here and there, but like a full time thing. But can can Jordan Walker come play center field? I think he's going to play a lot of third pretty yeah. quickly. Um, yeah, they just the center field is the is the issue there. But man, I was like looking at Carlson like this ADP is really low, and I just I'm surprised. It's just there's nothing there's nothing here. I'm I have no interest. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, it might be the other. The only way I do it is like it's a, he owes me sort of thing. But right. uh, oh, I I was like, oh, he's had this at this age. He's done this. Oh, yep. he's sure to improve. Well, maybe he improves later. That that's your that's your pathway. But he didn't show any signs of it. Speaking of ADPs that have crashed, last guy I wanted to ask you about someone that was uh, I, I have to look, but probably like a tenth, nah, maybe like a twelfth, thirteenth round of last year. Uh, Josh Donaldson in New York ADP mm. is now 414 in uh, in DC's over the last three weeks. Uh, he was bad last year, no doubt. Hit 222, 15 home runs, 62 uh, RBI, and 546 plate appearances. He played a lot. It was not good. He was hitting the middle of the Yankees lineup. It was not good. They didn't like him. He didn't like them. He had the issue with uh, with Tim Anderson. It was a bad year for Josh Donaldson all around. Um, Hard hit rate was still pretty good, 42, percent but that was a 10 percent drop from the year before. Barrel rate still decent, 9.8 percent. That was a eight percent drop or seven percent drop in that metric there, but you still look at it. Barrel rate sixty six percentile, hard hit sixty eighth, uh, exit velo eighty first percentile. Still hit the ball hard. K rate spiked though. Um, do you think that Josh Donaldson has anything left? He's thirty seven. Do you think he's got uh, a decent runway of playing time? Where are you with him? Because four fourteen is a you're pretty much for free for a guy who was pretty darn good in twenty twenty on fantasy. Twenty six home runs, seventy two RBIs, big big hard hit numbers. He only hit 247, but that worked. And at this price, that would really work. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'd take him at this price. I mean, look at how tragic third base is. You know, people are complaining about how the depth at the position. Yeah. Uh, a guy that plays, we've, we've seen stranger things. Um, we, we've seen like an Evan Longoria resurgence a little bit at times. And we've seen other reasons to believe in that and just it, – you know, sometimes it's just about bullying playing time. I mean, we'll see what happens with the Oswaldo Cabrera. Uh, we'll see what happens with some of the other uh, players like that. Uh, yeah, he 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 is definitely falling on a favor, but the, the contract kind of dictates he's going to get chances. Yeah. 
And I think the thing with this is the price is like it's pretty much free, and I think we'll know pretty quick. I mean, if he if he looks the same for the first two weeks, I think Lemayhu will play a bunch, Cabrera will play a bunch, Peraza will play a bunch. You get, they have enough really good options. I think some guys in the minors too. I think that uh, I think he's one of those guys that you take in the you know May first. It's not there. I think it's an easy drop, and I, I kind of like guys like that. Like I just think that mm-hmm. you can get you can get some pop from him, and obviously you know if you get twenty twenty one, it's a huge win at the price. I think we'll know. I think we'll know pretty quick and pretty early if he's a hold or not. And I just think that's. Uh, I don't think that's. It's an awful thing in this range. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at this Yankees lineup and I'm still so like uninspired. I mean, it could if you get bounce backs from Lemayhu and well, Torres kind of is who he is, and it's uh, he's okay, he's fine, he's adequate yeah. there. Uh, you get and Donaldson, then it's okay. It's a pretty decent lineup, but I mean, it could be. Ugh, waiting for Volpe, waiting for uh, Peraza and Cabrera to take a hold of jobs or something like that. You uh, mean the, the Aaron Hicks 30-30 season is coming this year? I felt he, he got hurt exactly at the wrong time, and but that's kind of the story of his career. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't hit over 240 in four years and doesn't hit the ball very hard. I was I was someone that's loved Aaron Hicks for a lot of years. I think now I'm like, yeah, I just don't, don't think it's ever happening. No, um, and this so the Yankees are in a weird spot right now. I mean, they could be, you know, they're, they're expected to, you know, they spent big money on Rodon. They spent big money to retain Judge. So they're expected to yep. contend. Oh, yeah. But you could see a pathway where they could be third in their division. You could see a pathway where Baltimore comes early and they're fourth. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you could. Although Baltimore I, blew it this offseason, I think. Yeah. I, I think they needed to do a little something of anything of substance, but they're so embroiled in their own, like, ownership lawsuit and things like that and like you don't you don't think uh, you don't think cole Irvin cole Irvin was that answer (sighs) the baltimore pitching staff is is rough i like kyle bradish a lot and obviously grayson rodriguez is special but but how many uh, innings is he gonna throw yeah not very many but you've got kyle gibson and cole Irvin are both i guess just it's 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 hard to see it's too bad because i mean the middle of the, the top half of that order could be really fun yeah, I mean, we decided we couldn't do without Jordan Lyles so much that we got two guys like him to be in the rotation there. Just to eat up those innings. Pretty, yeah, pretty much. It's yeah, it's it's just too bad. One, even like one middle name pitcher would have been, would have made that team look a lot more interesting. So yeah, yeah. you're right. Yankees are probably uh, but yeah, you can see that you can see the Rays and Jays certainly be the Yankees. Yeah, uh, or I mean, you can still see the if things go right, you could see 102 wins, but you could also see 82. I mean, it's just a, it's weird to see the Yankees like that and have so much volatility. The Frankie Montas news just bums me out. I really like him, and it's just yeah. I don't I don't th- I don't know if the shoulder's ever going to be. But look at the, even with even accounting for that. Look at the top four in that rotation: oh, Cole, dude, Rodon, Cortez, Severino. I mean that that's a good rotation. Yeah, and they got they got arms in the bullpen too. I mean they got yeah. uh, without they got a set Holmes. closer, but yeah, without a set closer. But yeah, Holmes is good. Lawazaga is good. Um, Lou Trevino was pretty good for them last year. I don't know where that came from. Chandler but he actually, could be good. I yeah. Mean, yeah. yeah. I just, the, the modest news, I just like him as a pitcher and I like him as a guy. He was obviously really good with the A's. It just, uh, I'm just, that shoulder has been an issue for almost a year now. You can see the Yankees scoring 10 runs one game and one the next, though. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to just see Peraza and Cabrera play. And I, I know it's not going to work out fully that way, but I think it'd be, it'd be, it'd be fun if they just slot those guys in the lineup because see what happened for a while. Yep. So. Cool. We're kind of uh, kind of through the names that I wanted to talk about. I like talking about late hitters. We'll do more of that. Obviously, we'll do a we'll do a fade and a, and a target episode later. We'll talk about uh, you know category targets stuff like that. But I just wanted to kind of throw out some names there. That I think are, are pretty interesting names after two fifty. So that was uh, 
That was fun as always. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. I want to thank uh, Underdog and Fantrax for the sponsorship of the podcast. If you want to follow Jeff on Twitter, he is at Jeff underscore Erickson. I am at Scott Jenstead. Other than that, uh, I think we'll be back at you uh, next Sunday night. Uh, no no Super Bowl, so we'll be back uh, maybe a couple hours earlier. So uh, we look forward to that. Look forward to talking baseball uh, as we get uh, ramped up more and more in draft season here. So hope everybody has a good week. We'll be back at you next week. Take care. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.